This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Have you seen this? It's near Chicago. Well, that's the note that my friend from the East Coast sent to me over the weekend, along with a shocking video out of Harvey, Illinois. There's old people living here. There's people living here with their kids at Section 8. It's paying their rent still. And y'all is boarding people up in their cribs. They boarding people up in their houses. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's an old man boarded up in this apartment right here. There's someone still in this apartment. How is he going to get out? How is he going to get out? That clips from a TikTok video that went viral and shows an apartment complex with all the units boarded up and a caption claiming that some elderly residents, kids and pets were trapped. Witnesses say residents were shouting from inside as workers removed their doorknobs and attached wooden boards to the exits. And it wasn't long before these images from the suburb south of Chicago sent shockwaves across the country. Now, tenants' rights advocates say violations like these can go unnoticed. And residents at the complex say that they've been living with unsafe conditions for a long time. We're joined now by Daily Southtown reporter Hank Sanders to walk us through what happened and the broader picture. Hey, Hank. Hey, good to to be here. (laughs) And also on the line with us are two folks from the Metropolitan Tenants Organization, eviction prevention specialist Philip Devon and community organizer David Wilson. David and Philip, welcome to Reset. Thanks for having me. I'll start with you, Hank. So you went out to the apartment complex, I understand, right? What did you see? Yeah, so you walk on the complex that's in uh, just off Halstead in Harvey, Illinois, and it's not in great shape. The building is not in great shape. There is a entire banister of stairs that have completely been taken down, uh, seem to have crumbled down. There's trash everywhere. It's in it's in a pretty rough spot. When did you go? What day? I went Monday. So on Monday. Uh, you know the TikTok video went out late Saturday night, uh, and then the media kind of followed up on Monday, um, and and I was there, and obviously everything is boarded up. And the building's not in great shape. That's the first thing that you recognize, but that has been going on for some time. And yeah. the city has a whole story for how to explain how it got there. And, and how many people are, are still living there? So there's five units, according to witnesses that we spoke to, that are still being inhabited with individuals who uh, are paying rent through, through Section 8 or through other lower-income programs um, out of the 30 that are there. Yeah. But according to witnesses that we spoke to, we could only confirm one person, one man that was put in the apartment while the boarding up was going on. Mm-hmm. So you didn't get to speak directly? No, we did. We did speak directly. Oh, you did. But that was the only person that we could confirm was in Got the you. apartment building of the five that were residents uh, still. And, and I want to be clear as we're having this this conversation, these people were, were being uh, evacuated or evicted because of the unsafe conditions, right? This was not their fault or, or some lack of paying rent. This wasn't that sort of scenario. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, David, let's bring you in here. I mean, you went to Harvey when you caught wind of what was going on. Give us your reaction to the situation that you saw. Wow. I was it, I was so angry when I got there because I got the um, I got the TikTok on Saturday um, regarding what was going on. So when I got out there, I spoke to one of the tenants and she's like shaking up. She was scared, um, confused. She said she's depressed. You know, and just couldn't believe it. And I'm like, who? You know, well, I can't ask who does that because someone did it. Did it already? Board up people's in apartments while they're still living there. You know, and I did meet with the gentleman, um, one of the the the, the 74 year old gentleman that got um, boarded up. I mm-hmm. didn't get a chance to speak to the young lady with her childrens that got boarded up. What did they say? How how are they feeling about it? 
Oh, she, they, she's still in shock right now, and now they're scared because the young lady that I spoke with, she said that she hasn't, she hasn't had heat in two years. Um, she hasn't had heat in two years, and you know, and she just feels like in shock right now. So, what support are you giving them? Well, right now, with I'm trying to assist them in like uh, I know she mentioned the young lady mentioned that um, she need help with security deposit. And I said, I'll see if I can see if Section 8, or they have a program that can help her with security deposit and moving expenses, you know, to another place. But right now, she don't she don't know what she's going to do. And I'm a, I will be going out there tomorrow, you know, to see what else we can do to help mm-hmm. her assist her. And, Philip, you've seen a lot of evictions, of course. You, you hear a lot of horror stories like this one that we're hearing right now of, you know, not having heat in the Chicago area for, for two years which is just insane. Have you ever seen anything like this before? Or are situations like this just becoming more common than, than we may expect? Yeah, I, unfortunately, they are becoming more common. Um, and there's a real, a, a real problem with enforcement. Uh, we need some stronger laws on the books to protect tenants from situations like this where they are truly at no fault. Um, and are being put out on the street because of it. But we also really need stronger enforcement of the existing laws that we already have. Um, this, uh, by all accounts, even though it is just strange to have someone locked in their apartment, this is by all, all means a, a lockout. It is blatantly yeah. a violation of Cook County and Chicago, or you know, Cook County law in this case out in Harvey. Uh, but just as we see here in Chicago, people are locked out probably every single day in this city, and those illegal evictions are not stopped uh, or prevented, even though there are laws that prohibit those things from happening. Yeah, you say that's a violation of, of the law. What does the law say about this, Philip? Well, uh, yeah, so in this case, uh, you know, the law is very clear. A lockout is any attempt by a landlord or a manager to, to basically oust or interrupt someone's tenancy. That can take a lot of forms. Typically, we'll see things like their heat or electricity or their water is cut off. In some more extreme cases, we see things like front doors being removed so that they, you know, don't have a secure place uh, to something like now what we're seeing where the tenants were actually still in their apartments when it was boarded up. Yeah. And, 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 and the law says these things are, are definitely illegal. The law also says uh, that they have to you know, keep things up to code. Uh, so in this case, the city said, well, you need to fix these code violations. But where, where the, there was a failure is that there was, there's no way to ensure that they had a viable plan to relocate tenants mm-hmm. before they went ahead and did this. And those are the things we really need. Yeah. Well, Hank, how are city officials responding? Exactly how you would expect. They're passing the buck over to the businesses that they say are to blame for this and that might be a fair thing for them to do so they're passing it over to the property managers uh, Mm -hmm. who are in charge of this complex as well as the company that the property managers brought in to board up the places so those are the those are the people that the city officials say are to blame for this so pointing fingers and so what have the property owners and managers said are they just pointing fingers right back so the property managers have have stayed pretty quiet they haven't responded to uh, our calls or as far as i'm concerned i think the rest of the media's calls they haven't responded Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to ultimate touch remodeling the company that was brought in to do the boarding up they have said that it is quote in our story all lies 
that they actually didn't board up any residents that were still there at the time. Mm. Even though a lot of this was caught on video, you could hear at least one resident talking through the door from inside his unit. So actually, it's really interesting you should say that because, exactly, but actually when Mayor Clark himself came into the room uh, of Mary Brooks, who's a resident there, he actually said that there is no video evidence of uh, this going on, of somebody being boarded up. You could faintly hear a voice uh, from behind the walls. Mm -hmm. After speaking to witnesses who said, I don't know what to tell you, I was boarded up, uh, he then did, obviously, the mayor himself right. uh, did say, yes, I do now believe residents uh, were boarded up. But as far as video evidence, yeah. uh, people who are saying that it didn't take place can point to the video evidence and be like, well, we didn't actually see people's faces, which might be because you can't see through plywood. Right, exactly. I, I saw that very video myself, and it, to me it was quite clear that the voice was coming from inside. Uh, Philip, part of the confusion has been that tenants say that they didn't know what was going on. Uh, the owner of the property and the city of Harvey, as we've talked about, they're deflecting blame. This sounds like a very extreme situation, but ultimately, who do you think should be held responsible here? Uh, uh, well, first and foremost, the property owner, but also the city, the county, the state. You know, our officials at every level have some culpability in this because this is allowed to happen over and over. Uh, we just... David uh, and other organizers just went through a similar thing in Beverly, uh, where 150 long-term tenants were being evicted because an out-of-state investor has bought up a building, just as was done here in Harvey, and then uses that building to really profit off of, you know, at the resident's expense. Uh, and so we, we really have to hold the owner accountable, but we also have to find ways to ensure that our officials and our electeds are doing what they can to ensure that the laws are enforced. Um, and one big thing that would really change a lot of this would be having proactive inspections as opposed to reactive inspections, because a regular inspection of rental units would have prevented this from happening. It would have prevented the disrepair in the stairwells that led to this, and it would prevent a lot of other issues like uh, the young woman who's been without heat for two years. Yeah. So we really need better enforcement, and, but, but that really starts with holding the property owners accountable. And here's the other thing, and I want to hear from both David and Hank on, on this one. Harvey is predominantly black, right? And the median income for this city is about $35,000, which is less than half the median income for Cook County as a whole. So how do you think race and class factored into this housing issue? You first, David. Well, race is definitely a problem, you know, and, and it fits in because you know, one, they are Section 8 tenants, and to be treated the way they're being treated now proves that, you know, they're figuring that, you know, they got to miss out that low-income families, they lazy, they don't want to work, they don't want to do this, you know. But these tenants, rent was paid up to date, and um, Section 8 paid their portion until whenever they stopped, if they stopped. And, um, you know, and I look at it as, you know, it wasn't nothing but, you know, they was, um, you know, discriminating against these tenants. That. What do you think, Hank? Yeah, so it's Chicago Tribune and other reporters who specialize in covering race and class have written extensively about the discrepancies between northern suburbs and southern suburbs for decades in this in this city. So I'd refer to them for the for the larger, bigger picture. But just speaking on my reporting, you can feel the sense that communities 
um, like Harvey and Calumet City, which are the two main ones that I've reported on and, mm -hmm. again, are predominantly black and brown, um, they, they do feel behind the eight ball um, with failures of infrastructure, um, failure from the states and cities for decades to review their infrastructure. Um, in the meeting, in the city council meeting Monday night, one of the older people stood up and said, hey, obviously this video is terrible, but let's keep in mind where we are. We are poor. We are in debt mm -hmm. as a city. And uh, how productive was that meeting? <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was not it was not the most productive meeting from from like a uh, from from getting things done and changing ordinances as the city planned to do. Um, but uh, but yeah, it did it did divulge. We can get into that as well. But one thing she also mentioned in that same breath was if you look at Flossmore, Tinley Park, Orland Park, which in the south suburbs are predominantly uh, more white communities and wealthier communities. Mm -hmm. uh, if we want to be like them and have the kinds of uh, coffers that they've got, we've got to. You know, this is not one TikTok video that's going to solve this. We've got yeah. to, we've got to figure out some other systemic issues. Uh, so, Philip, so that we're clear, what rights do tenants in Cook County have when they're being evicted? So, tenants in Cook County uh, have essentially uh, the same rights that anyone in the state of Illinois would have when it comes to an eviction. Cook County residents specifically have a few extra uh, layers of protection. Just one quick example would be. Uh, the right to pay and stay. So uh, if you're in Cook County or Chicago and you're behind on rent and an eviction is filed or, or initiated against you, any time during that case, if you can come up with all the money you owe and pay it, the case goes away. Mm. Uh, but beyond some of those, you know, uh, geographically specific things, eviction law in Illinois is pretty straightforward. And what I want tenants or anyone listening to understand the most about an eviction law is that only a judge can evict you and only the sheriff of the county you live in can remove you from your apartment or remove your belongings. The biggest misconception about evictions with tenants is usually when they receive a five, a 10 or a 30 day notice, they think that usually means, oh no, I have five days to get out. Mm. And that is not what it means. In Illinois, it means you have five days to pay the rent you supposedly owe or in the case of a 10-day notice, you have 10 days to cure whatever rule or, or lease violation you're being accused of. Uh, and so tenants need to document those things and then get that done. But what it does not mean is that you have to get out. And in no circumstances can anyone ever, ever, other than the sheriff of the county you reside in, remove you or your belongings mm -hmm. and only to do that after a judge has ordered the eviction. And David, the Metropolitan Tenants Organization does a lot of work in, in educating people on what their rights are. So I'm curious, in, in your experience, where do you see the biggest gap in knowledge uh, that there tends to be? Like, what questions do you find that people tend to have about their rights as tenants? The biggest gap is the, uh, what the, the knowledge that they need is lockout. That's one of them, mm -hmm. and evictions. The lockouts, um, I have to explain to tenants that a lockout is not just you going to the store, coming back home, and can't get into your apartment. It can be a landlord trying to get you out by taking your stove, refrigerator, turning off your gas, your water, and all of that. So that's something that they need. Like like um, Philip just mentioned about evictions, I, and I, I received an um, email just about an hour ago regarding the tenant receiving a Friday notice and she thought it was an eviction. So I had to explain to her that it's just a Friday notice saying that, you know, you have five days to pay the rent. If you don't, the landlord can go down and file a case against you for court. 
you know. Yeah. So those those are the major two, but and then also the um the repairs. Um, some tenants had a knowledge of um, what to do regarding repairs, but what happened is they scared of the retaliation when they complain about it, and um, when they complain about the landlord start retaliating against them, and so they some of them just don't um, complain about it because they scared of the retaliation. You just talked about that city council meeting, uh, Hank, and that happened earlier this week. I hear the mayor also teased an ordinance. Yeah, so you're exactly right. Both earlier on in the day when the mayor stepped by the uh, apartment complex where this all went down, and then also in the meeting again, he teased that there could be a review of the existing ordinances and changes possibly to the existing ordinances to ensure that this is double underlined, bolded, and typeface, that you can't do that. Obviously, the other callers on the phone explained that it's yeah. it, it could be illegal. but. Um, that didn't happen in the meeting. It wasn't planned specifically to happen in the meeting, but the meeting did start to divulge into chaos when the mayor uh, took a step further and, and said when they do review the current ordinances that he expects two of the older people who tend to be uh, less willing to vote yes on, on some city council measures in the past, he asked them specifically, called them out, to read the package uh, of ordinance changes and, and to vote with the city. Yeah, and we just talked about some of the questions that tenants might have in, in these situations. Do you come across some of what uh, David and Philip were just talking about in your reporting as well? Yeah, it, really a lot of confusion among renters all across the South Suburbs and the city. I haven't I reported imagine. Yeah, just about not only what their rights are, but also how much time do they have to get their bills in, um, when their bills are late, what can the penalty be? And I think that there is a sense, there's an anti-landlord sense among a lot of renters, especially under uh, lower income renters, mm -hmm. and a feeling that the la their landlords oftentimes will do what they can do. Uh, something I've heard m many times when, when, when speaking with, with uh, renters, that they will do anything they can do to, to get a quick buck out of them. And they don't really have the recourse to yeah. try to figure out what is owed to them or what they owe to others. Philip, beyond Harvey, are there changes to local or state law that you would like to see that could better protect tenants and landlords? Or do we just need better yeah. enforcement? We definitely both. Uh, enforcement is first because those laws already exist. We've talked about lockouts. I'll use that as a quick example. Um, we get calls, you know, every day to our hotline about lockouts, which is 773-292-4988, open Monday through Friday. Tenants can call that and ask us questions like we're discussing today. Uh, lockouts, those are left to be enforced by the Chicago police. Uh, it's common knowledge in the renter circle that if that happens, the police come out and they say, oh, it's a civil matter. This is between you and the landlord, and they leave. Um, tenants have a lot of protections that, that are good and, and on the books, but there's no way to enforce it. If the landlord is not doing what they're supposed to, mm -hmm. really the tenant's only recourse is either find a new place to live or sue the landlord. And this goes back to how class is also involved. Well, tenants are usually not in a position to hire an attorney, take the time and resources to you know, sue their landlord. Mm -hmm. And usually landlords do have the resources to do things or defend against those things. So it's very easy for landlords to get away, unscrupulous landlords to get away with things and, and pressure tenants to just kind of disappear if they don't like what they're dealing with. Uh, there yeah. are some other laws that, 
would be great. Proactive inspections would really prevent a lot of the conditions issues that we see, which is the number one reason people call. It's also usually the number one reason people stop paying rent because of the conditions they're dealing with. Um, and then we'd also like to see some other things, uh, a just cause ordinance to, to prevent landlords from just evicting people for mm-hmm. no reason. Yeah. Um, and then also a, a right to, uh, a right to counsel would be really big because what people need is uh, a representation when they end up in court where we know that the majority of landlords have lawyers and the majority of people with lawyers do better in their cases we want to make sure tenants just like if you ended up in criminal court uh, would have a lawyer to help represent you anything to add to that david just a few seconds left here uh, anything that you want to see happen next for people in harvey uh well really to get find them a place but i agree with phil what he said about we have an ordinance um, it's just it's not being enforced. Yeah. So you can you can write all kind of ordinances and write it up, but if you're not enforcing it, what good to do it? You know. Yeah. And what questions still remain for you, Hank? What are you following up on? A, a lot of questions still remain um, for my colleagues and I at the Daily South Town. One of them is, as was previously mentioned, what's going to happen with the current residents? Um, you know, the building is not in a great condition, so they're moving to them moving to another place is is going to be needed still. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't change that, uh, but obviously they're going to be able to stay according to the city for. Uh, the time being in the spot that they're at, and the boards will be taken down from the Zuzu City Apartments, but they're also working with Cook County, and I have an interview later today with the uh, Cook County Preckwinkle's office uh, about what that looks like. But also, I think there's also a lot of questions about what kind of penalties will be levied against the property managers. Yeah. and Some accountability. Exactly. If, if the city's going to put all the blame on the property manager and this company that conducted uh, b- the boarding up of yeah. the individuals, there's got to be some accountability at that end. They can't pass the buck, and then when the buck gets there, nothing happens. Yeah, we'll leave it there. That's Daily Southtown reporter Hank Sanders, Philip Devon, and David Wilson with the Metropolitan Tenants Organization. Thank you all so much. Thanks for having me.